Welcome to Dragon Talk! Dragon Talk! Woo! Yeah. Yeah. We got a, a rowdy studio audience today. Yes. Well, <laughs> they we are, are serving free beer. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> coffee. Uh, it is the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast today, yes. everyone. I'm Greg Tito, and as always, I'm joined by... Shelly Mazzanoble! You like to rock the dragon talk. You do too. Yeah, I try. Let's rock this dragon talk. Let's rock this dragon Let's talk. Let's do this. We've got a good one planned yeah, for you all. Uh, we're going to go over lots of fun stuff that's happening in Dungeons & Dragons world, but then we're going to talk to... Who are we talking to on your segment, Shelly? Oh, on my How to DM segment, I yep. am super excited to talk to... Dustin Fletcher and Devin Henderson, co-DMs for D4, which is a live weekly actual play, 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons game. Yes! But they are kind of uh, really very well known for co-DMing, and that is uh, a topic that I have wanted to talk about for a long time, and everybody said, oh, you've got to talk to Dustin and Devin. you got to talk to them. you got to talk to them. Them, them, them. And I yeah. am, and I'm so excited. Nice. Uh, and then for our interview, we are talking to B. Dave Walters, an amazing Dungeons & Dragons creator. Uh, he is a writer of the comic book series A Darkened Wish, as well as a motivational speaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we need him mostly to motivate really us and do. make us feel uh, better if we can, and then we will... Uh, uh, hopefully be able to return the favor. Uh, but he's a fantastic person, and we are excited to have him on, and I think he's got some fun stuff to uh, talk about going forward. Um, he's a cast member you might have seen on many of a Dungeons & Dragons live stream for D&D Live, as well as the stream of Many Eyes before that. Um, he was in the off-the-table sections, if you remember. And uh, then we've also uh, got him on a whole bunch of fun live streams, including... Uh, several for D&D Beyond, which we'll be talking about uh, when he is on. So that's going to be super cool. Very cool. Right? Just love that guy. Yeah. I it's, mean, just, it's hard not to feel good when he's around. He is You'll a see. smile inducer. Sure is. Yar. All right. So that's really fun stuff. Um, we've been talking to you about all the things that are coming out with Dungeons & Dragons. But today we want to make sure you know about... Uh, this webpage that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks called uh, Play at Home, Stay at Home. And we are releasing a ton of great tools, uh, information, as well as free adventures. And my favorite little bit uh, is many things aimed at playing D&D with kids or getting up to speed on D&D concepts or even just the artwork by coloring in some, uh, what are they called? Coloring book pages. That's, those <laughs> yes. are the things. Yeah. Yes. It's such good stuff. I love it. I love that we're doing this. Coloring is a very therapeutic, fun thing to do uh, mm -hmm. with your kids. Uh, and now that my kids are a little bit older, we don't color as often. And now I want to get back to it because some of the images uh, that we've been sharing for download from that webpage have been ones that we've had in our house for a long time because uh, they were they were shared by Mr. Bart Carroll uh, a long time ago, right? It was like I feel like we were mm -hmm. we were doing those, and so they've been printed out and on uh, in my house for a little while, and so we're excited to share those with you uh, 
um, yes. on, on, on a larger scale. And Adventures with Muck. Yes. How fun is that? Talk a little bit about that. It's just this great activity book. Um, originally, uh, our beloved art director, Emmy Tanji, put together. And then it got uh, some more uh, narrative flavor added to it by Adam Lee. So like the two of them together can just pretty much make anything spectacular. But it's this just a really cool activity book with this little, what is he, a goblin, a gnome? What is he? I believe he's a goblin. He's a goblin named Muck. And he just goes on all sorts of little adventures and it gives you, um, there's like connect the dots or like how to draw or Mad Lib type things in there. And it's it's just a really fun book that you can um, have give to your kids, print out the pages and just let them just have fun and with like a really light D&D introductory way. We're big fans of muck in this house for sure. <laughs> You're muckheads. That's what we are th- muckheads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quinn cool. is a big fan of any words that sound like muck. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I hear I hear that he says it a lot. It's it's uh, it happened in my house a couple of times this week too. And we're like, well, where did you? Oh, you learned that from us. That's that's where that's, that's you where learned I learned it from it. watching you. <laughs> exactly. Who taught you how to do this? I stuff? can't picture your. Well, actually, Fiona, I could totally mm-hmm. picture that was the one. She oh, did it. Hundred percent. Yeah, her um, and Quinn, man. One yeah. day, you know what? One day they're going to take over Dragon Talk. That's true. Oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> the next generation. And it's just going to be this foul mouth, potty poop. Oh, I, that, that's what it is. Yep. Never mind. Yep, already there. <laughs> uh, I love it, and I think that's great. So uh, you should check out all of the free content that we have. It's up there for a limited time, so you're better off checking. Uh, at 5 p.m. E- uh, Pacific time each night. Uh, that's when the content goes live. But one thing that has been cool over this past week is there's been little hints at, at, at what is to come. Uh, so if you like little, I mean, it's yeah. you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little fun thing, but you know, you can kind of guess at what uh, adventures might be coming up. Um, but there's tons of things there from uh, Adventures League as well as some pulled out adventures from uh, sources like Ghost of Saltmarsh and... Um, the Tales from the Yawning Portal, uh, as well as uh, coloring pages, not only from the old TSR book that we were just talking about, but from our uh, partner's book, uh, Monsters and Heroes of the Realms, and uh, the Adventures Outline coloring book that we did with artist Todd James and Mr. Adam Lee writing on uh, there uh, he is the, again. the content there. So cool stuff. Uh, yes. And we want to give a shout out to all of our partners, especially... Uh, uh, D&D Beyond, as well as the Dungeon Masters Guild for providing these uh, free adventures for everyone, um, and as well, Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds uh, for making that stuff available. Uh, yeah, it's it's been really cool, and I hope more people Very are good. jumping into playing Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds as a way to get together and play online, because we think that uh, playing D&D while you're separated and away from, uh, you know, being able to be in person with your friends, you can still get together using Zoom, using uh, your video conferencing technology, whatever makes sense to you, uh, and these tabletops. And I'm trying to figure out how to learn myself. It's a little bit of a technical hurdle, uh, Mm -hmm. but I think once you get into it, I was talking to someone who, I think about three weeks ago, they were pretty um, like, hey, I don't know, this might not work. It's It's kind of hard for me to parse. And I talked to them this week, and they were like, 
I love playing with Roll20. Uh, it changes the game. It makes me think about it in a totally different way because of the dynamic lighting that you can do there. So, like, if someone is holding a torch, um, you know, you can restrict what they can see based on, on on how much light a torch gives off. And so you almost get, like, back to that bit of a tactical feel uh, than you might not have gotten with um, uh, Theater of the Mind style. Or, you know, it, it can enhance your Theater of the Mind style a little bit in that way. Uh, and... I don't want to just be that person to be like, hey, I was talking to someone, but that person was Joe Manganiello, who Whoa. was totally not into it, and now he's okay. now he is into using as much uh, virtual tabletop technology as he can, uh, and I think that's great. I think a lot of people are doing that right now, where at first it feels a little bit uh, you know, difficult to parse, especially if you're not as technically savvy, uh, but once you do, uh, the tools just kind of open up to you. So we're hoping to get out more content like that so that people can see uh, the power of these virtual tabletops, as well as um, you know how much it facilitates getting that information out to your players when you're playing. Yes, glad that it exists. For yeah, sure. right. Yep. Shelley, was there any other fun things you wanted to talk about before we get going <clears throat> on your segment? Can I give a shout out? Shout it out. I think um, we had a really nice tweet today from someone, and I just want to give. Critter J, who is J Platt, a shout out because he is, like many people, an essential worker and is spending a lot of time um, out there working and making deliveries for medical supplies to pharmacies and hospitals and doing really necessary work um, that is getting done while a lot of us are staying at home and complaining about it. But he's out there, and so are a lot of you. And I don't know how many Dragon Talk listeners are essential workers, but we love you all, and we really appreciate you, and we appreciate the work that you're doing. And just thank you, Jay, for your very kind tweet. But really, um, we want to give the thanks to you and all the work that you're doing. So keep it up. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sane. Keep listening. <laughs> yeah, We're here for you. We'll do what we can. Uh, and I, I want to second, uh, you know, it's kind of the same thing, uh, what Shelly was just saying, because it's kind of the same thing I was just talking about with, uh, with B-Day. We're like, hey, we, you motivated us, and we're trying to motivate you right back. And yeah. uh, I think that is the D&D community to, uh, to a T. So uh, 100%. Awesome. Yes. Salute. We are one big adventuring party. Lifting yeah. each other up. Lift you up where we belong. <laughs> on eagle's wings. <laughs> I mean, I watched the uh, the the Rankin Bass animated uh, uh, The Hobbit uh, recently, so that's why I was really thinking, I was thinking of the eagles and you know them flying as I was. Do you know that there's an eagle that he must live in Camp Long? I, that's where I'm guessing, but he's always around our neighborhood now. Mm. Like I saw him very low flying a- across our street. Oh, I and did I see too. him like circling in our backyard. It's crazy. I did too very recently. Um, yeah, we were. Uh, uh, yeah, we were we were out um, uh, and about driving, and I think we got out just to look at uh, at the lookout uh, on Hamilton Point there, and we just I just happened to be like, look, there's a bird, and I'm like, oh my god, that bird is <laughs> huge, bird. and then I realized it had a white head, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, it's an eagle, and I was like pointing at the ceiling at the ceiling, pointing at the sky, being like, the eagles are coming, the eagles are coming, <laughs> the eagles and, are back, and it's crazy. of course. There was no one who got that reference there, and they all thought they were being attacked by something. And I was like, "No, it's just a, it's just a really cool big bird with like a wingspan that just goes forever." You're it's, like, that "I know, is huge. like watching them soar. It's just, soar. I don't know. Like, I will never not be amazed by seeing an eagle. Me too. 
I just think they're amazing. And I yeah. love when I see like a crow that's like in the eagle's face, like get out, get out of my airspace, back it off. Like you, you're so dumb, but not. <laughs> get out <laughs> of here, bird crow. is huge. Yeah. And the eagle's like, okay, okay, I got Chill it. it, buddy. Come on. Chill. You don't, you don't mess with crows. No. Or eagles. Um, unless you're a crow. Unless you're a crow. But I bet that eagle, if he wanted to, or, or she wanted to, she'd be like, back off. Right. Just, you know, go at him. But she's like, eh, whatever. They're not worth my, they're like, not worth my time. There's so much more air. I'm so here. busy lifting people up with my wings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for you crows. <laughs> the murder of crows. Oh, well, uh, like, like the eagles that are soaring uh, around us, let us talk to Devin and Dustin and let them soar. I'm going to soar on their wings as I learn about Cody Amy. Let us talk, or let you talk to them now, shall I? You can talk, too. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to How to DM. I'm Shelly Mazenoble and I have two guests today. Two. That's right. Dustin Fletcher and Devin Henderson, who are co-DMs for D4, a live weekly actual play D&D game. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey, hello, Shelly. How are you? Super great. I'm really excited about uh, our topic today. Can anyone guess what it might be? We have two Dungeon Masters mm-hmm. for the same game? What's How to make that a all about? It is a cooking Cookings show today. We're going to be cooking up some tips on how to be co-DMs. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're happy to be here and we're happy to share our knowledge. Yeah. Well, I will say that when I have... When I first heard about co-DMing, I thought, that could be for me. And I said, I'm gonna do what let's do, I'm gonna do a segment about co-DMing for how to DM. And everybody said, You gotta talk to Dustin and Devin. Because you guys are like the godfathers of co-DMing. <laughs> whoa, whoa. We're just people. We're just yeah. <laughs> you come to me on uh, this day. Tell me, I come to you. I need to know this. Not so I guess I have so many questions, but why don't we go back in time a little bit and talk about, so you guys have said that you have known each other for 13 years and have been telling stories together for a decade, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, so how did, how yeah. did this happen? Uh, we met at a local haunted house. Yep. Uh, oh, is this true? So, That's a true story? Yeah. It's a true story. Yeah. Because you were working there or you were just... We were working. Yeah, okay, we were working right. there. Um, and we became friends there, and then this guy kept bugging me to come play a LARP that he was helping run. Uh, I played for a year, and then I joined Story Team, and we've been telling stories ever yeah. since. So we started just slowly like writing um, storylines and plot lines for a, a LARP, a live-action role-play, um, here in Atlanta. And that just built and built, and we realized that we work really, really well together. We have um, a very similar style of storytelling that we like to do, um, a very immersive way to tell stories. And we realized do- doing that, that we play off each other really well. We're very good at the yes and with each other. Um, like he said, our storytelling styles are very similar. We're both really into immersion and uh, bleed, which is when the player – becomes so immersed and involved 
in the game that they stop being a player and start actually being the character. Um, Whoa. And there are many ways to do that, but we found that we worked really well in telling those stories to get into a player's head. Yep. And, and that, like, it's such a, a, an incredible thing as a storyteller to literally have your players feel an emotion, whether it's happiness, sadness, joy, fear, whatever that is, to where they literally are feeling it themselves, where they're so immersed in the story you're telling. And yeah, Devin and I realized that, oh, wow, we can actually do this really well together instead of separate. Um, we're both longtime storytellers, but it's been it was really a really fun thing to discover that it's, you know. Yes, fun. very beneficial. Very beneficial, yeah. <laughs> so did you use any of, of these tactics when you were working at the Haunted House? Uh, at the haunt, not really, <laughs> because it wasn't ours. Um, but we would create characters and play off each other in the lot. Yeah. So, like, yeah, in the haunted house itself, there was they had a parking lot where actors were out interacting with the crowd in uh -huh. line, people getting there. Um, and so we were out there and we were sliding, which is where you have uh, like knee pads and, and gloves with flint on your hands, and you're literally sliding across the concrete. Oh my god. Um, and sparks are going up everywhere. Oh but you know, we would have these elaborate characters that we would play. Um, and it we would play off each other sometimes and interact. But, you know, for the most part, it was just we discovered our, I guess, nerdy, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, word. I'm camaraderie. Camaraderie uh, together. And we're, and I, I was running a LARP at that time that was in its first year. And I knew that he was a big nerd and played D&D. &D, and I was like, hey, come on, come, ah, 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 come on. I was like, I don't want to dive that deep. And then I went to uh, a one shot and I caused the first player death and oh. full uh, party turmoil. And I was hooked. <laughs> yeah. And then um, fast forward a couple of years and uh, I ran an out of the abyss game uh, that lasted about two and a half, three years um, that Devin played in. And uh, it was towards the end of that um, when, when it was coming to an end when uh, I was like, you know, I think I want to stream the next game. Well, you went to I went at, right after Streamer Mini Eyes, and I got oh, the bug. Okay. I got the bug from Streamer Mini Eyes because I was hooked, and I was like, I really want to. We're, we're just going to set up a couple cameras in the living room. It'll be fine. And by that time, we had retired from LARPing, and so Dustin proposed, "Hey, we worked really well together. You've been a player in my game. What What do you feel about co DMing?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. I've never heard of that happening before, but let's let's try it." We basically did it at the LARP. Um, and it, it just works. It, it works really, really well. I'm spoiled. I, like, I've ran, like, during the quarantine, I've ran, uh, a couple, like, home one-shots, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I miss it's so game. good to have that person to feed <laughs> off of, um, and play off of their energy, um, yeah. and. Uh, I like playing. <laughs> but, Dustin, it sounds like you're a great storyteller. You're a great dungeon master. You, you get D&D. Why did like so? Why have a co DM? Um, it it takes off the a little bit of the stress of of writing a campaign. And uh, to me, one of the biggest benefits of having Devin as a co DM, or even you know, having a co DM, is when you're writing a story to have someone to bounce off ideas. It's almost like we're in a writer's room together, and we can continually bounce ideas off each other and play off each other's ideas, and that helps spiral and and you know drive the story in ways that I wouldn't have considered or he wouldn't consider. Um, and I'm I 
we have our strengths and we have our weaknesses. My biggest strength is I love it. I'm improv. I play off the cuff. I love the crazy throw a wrench in it. My players do something crazy and I take it and I run with it. Whereas Devin's more of the, the planner and the writer and um, can word vomit really, really well. It's called purple prose. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, I'm more, I try and get into the heads of our players and our characters, think about the options that they might do. And then uh, every week we also ask our players, hey, what do you want to do? What is the story you want to tell with your character? All these uh, things um, that helps me and Dustin write and plan out what they want to do, which also gives them a huge agency in the game yeah. uh, because they're just, they tell us what they want to do. And so we help facilitate that for them and i'm we are able to come up with an outline and then i go in and i embellish i create the narrative so that when you listen to us or watch us it's almost like listening to an audiobook i love the idea and how we did larp as well is at a larp you are in a building that is not decorated completely most of the time or you're out in the woods so you have to be very descriptive in order to immerse the player. And I like to do that in the D&D game as well. Instead of having the player ask what's going on when they walk into a room, we tell them everything that is there that you would naturally see uh, firsthand. And then that uh, – but that's easier to do when I have everything written instead of just going off the cuff and making up a room on the spot. Because I can get way more descriptive about the sights, smells – sounds everything that creeps and crawls so what if they don't go into that room that you have so that's fine beautifully described okay there's pages of stuff that we haven't gotten you just have like you just like anywhere they go like this world that they're playing in is so fleshed out that you feel confident and wherever they're gonna go yeah and because obviously there are times that the the players are absolutely not going to do what you have written and not have right. plans, and then you do pull. And what you can do is you can, you know, one of the big things that I tell people, especially when they're ask us how, what do you do? Is that how do you not railroad them? Is the players don't know what that room looked like, and so yeah, they may not be going into that room, but there's no way that they're going to know that that room that you have written is not right. the same the, the room that they decide to go into. Yeah. Um, and so you can take elements of those descriptions that you have in, in, in your write-up or in your head and just kind of shift and move them into, you know, instead of a study, it's a library. And you can still move those elements into that depending on where they go and what they go. And that's the the great thing that I love about storytelling, especially DMing and especially about Dungeons & Dragons, is that the players write the stories. The DM is, is there to basically guide them through the story, but yeah. the players have the complete utter agency to tell that story, and it is depending on their actions on how the story changes. You know, we we have an overall outline for for our campaign, but that outline could change six or seven times before we even get out of the first chapter because of what the players do, and that is why I love this game so much. Also, um, if the players do something that's completely off the cuff. Uh, we are also very good at yes and with each other. So if I start describing a room, Dustin will come in and add in some details and then (laughs) I'll pick out something that he said and I really like that and then add more on top of that. Um, It's just quicker when things are written, uh, but we can totally make a room on the spot if we have to. Yeah, and it's a lot better to play off of, of another person when you're describing instead of being by yourself, which is what we've found that we love so much about co-DMing. 
yeah, if anybody's ever been out there and done just improv stage work or anything like that, it's fairly similar. The yes and narrative yeah. of just adding to it. So what you're saying about um, players having agency and they're the ones who are really telling the story and the dungeon master is there to facilitate. I hear people say that a lot, but I'm listening to you guys and I feel like you are truly embodying that and just even how you're working with the players. So back to what you said about asking them what stories they want to tell, what things they want to explore with their characters. Are these conversations that you have with the whole group or do you do this one-on-one so that the other players might not know what direction both. Yeah. So okay. we'll we'll ask every week. We'll say, depending on what where the story ended, the session ended. What do you want to accomplish as your character going into this next session? We'll also ask, what is the party's plan next, so that we know what to focus on. If there's a map that we're going to build, because um, we like to build a map for every encounter if possible. Uh, and there are times where we build a map and they totally don't even go there. So oh well, we'll use it later and something else. Yep. <clears throat> but We'll ask the group for a group answer, and then everybody will message us privately about what their personal goals are, yep. whether they be short term or long term. Yep, because even you know, even asking everyone as a sense, you know, you can trust a player, and you know, everybody can easily not metagame, but it is so much better for the character to experience or the player to experience firsthand what the character experiences firsthand. Your reaction to that will be more real. Um, and so that's why we'll have our players message us individually and say, hey, this is what I want to do. And especially if it's going to cause, you know, turmoil with the party, um, then that will actually those reactions will come live instead of, you know, the player know the group knowing beforehand that this is going to, you know, do things weirdly etc obviously you know if it it's a, it's a thin line and our players are so incredible and trusting and, and know each other that you know none of that is ever uh, disruptive or yeah. you know um negative towards the <clears throat> other party yeah but it also gives us a head up heads up on what might be coming how we can either embellish or uh make that scene even more immersive or uh, a way to redirect it in a way that can change the story yeah fits the narrative changes the narrative um you know because there's there's tons of times where we'll have a character say this is what i want to do and like okay great that sounds awesome and we'll take that idea of what they want to do and we'll kind of thread it into our main narrative so that way their actions actually change and alter the story or depending on what they do and do not and we don't tell the player when these uh moments are going to come up we just know that they want those moments to come up and so when they naturally happen, then they can re- naturally react. It's not a, okay, well, next week I want to meet this NBC to say this thing. It's, I would like to talk to this NBC. And it's like, okay, cool, that might be next session or it might be a couple of sessions from now, but it will come up. So when you guys are, 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 play, are in doing the, you're, in, you're playing, you're DMing the group, are you, you're each taking turns telling the story? Yeah, we are. It? We're 50-50 down the board. Um, oh, my and God. So we'll, we'll break up paragraphs. And the best thing about it is in multiple NPCs, you can actually have a conversation yeah. to the, the players as multiple NPCs, um, full-on arguments, uh, you know, um, de- depending real, on... Real emotions uh, between each NPC without causing this weird, like, am I getting the accent right? I'm having two voices in my head at one time. Is this portraying the, the scene that I want? Or, uh, do I have to put this NPC on a back seat with us? It's just, 
go. There were like two other players on the board. Um, and for us, that that is really beneficial because we've worked together for so long that we can do that. There's other DMs, uh, co-DM styles out there. There's one where there's the storyteller and the mm-hmm. mechanics master. That is a very yeah. common one. Yep. Um, okay. There's another one where there are two DMs that co-write the story but take turns depending on the chapter. Playing um, and, and running. So one DM will be DMing while the other one is playing a, a a PC in PC um, more so, uh, and then they'll switch off depending on what chapter or you know what act that they're in. Uh, but we are fifty uh, fifty down the board. Um, we co-write everything. We co-run everything. Um, we break up combat. I'll take this set of stat monsters. You take that set of monsters. We'll have an initiative sheet in, right next to us and between us that okay. we work off of. Um, and then so like when we're reading. A paragraph, and we have dialogue. The person who is not playing that NBC will read the paragraph. So that way, like, let's say I'm reading the paragraph and it goes into dialogue, then Devin will start that dialogue with that NPC, and yeah. then I'll go into the next, the descriptives of that dialogue. Um, yeah, we we make maps together, we write together. As he was saying, a lot of the times um, we just sit down and we talk about what the players have said and what we want to do and we'll come out with a, an outline and then I'll come in with the purple prose and make it like uh, a book. And then we'll sit down and we'll think about all of the encounters they may uh, come across and we'll design all of the maps and Dustin will do most of the map making. Cause that is something else that like Dwarven Forge is out there. We love Dwarven Forge. Not everybody mm-hmm. can afford Dwarven Forge. So we wanted to show people uh, that you can make stuff with, Dollar Tree items. Yeah, so most of our... Oh, that's cool. All of our... 90% of our maps that we build are stuff you can get at the dollar store. So, uh, like, these are, like, actual tactical maps. 100%. Prop- yep. Well, you guys are... You're crafty, though. Like, you know how to do that <laughs> stuff. Uh, but, yeah, but... And, and there's nothing wrong with not having that. Like, like yeah. The, theater of the Mind is incredible. Yeah. The the Chessex map with a vis a vis is like I still use that in yeah. my home games. Whenever like, whenever yep, we're yep. doing home games and we're single dry erase. Games, that is that is the way to go. Yeah, like I I, <laughs> I love building terrain and I started to do it in in my home game and out of the abyss is when I first started really getting into it and and there's so many incredible uh, terrain crafters out there that have tutorials and we just started picking them and and, and learning from them. Uh, but you know we run a show and we most yeah. we we kill all of our free time to build these maps and write this stuff because it looks good on camera. Yeah. Under right. no circumstances at a home game do you have to do this oh, no, no, every no, no. every time. And there's still times where uh, an encounter comes up that we didn't plan because we didn't think it was going to narratively go that direction and so we... Theater of the Mind it. Theater of the Mind it. And yep. it works just as well. And there's nothing yep, nothing wrong with it at all. Um, so do you guys, when you're when you're I know, like, you you lay out a lot of the foundation of the story you outline, you purple prose it, but do you, have, have, you, have you ever had any disagreements in the game? Like, you guys, one, one of you wanted to take the story one way and the other one had a different idea, or do you just... All the time. Absolutely. All, All of it. You do? Um, okay. Uh, but the way you get around that is uh, we take the time, we say what we want the direction to go, and then we just turn it into a writer's room. And we start throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks, which is really awesome when you are writing a story, uh, whether it is a single DM or others. A lot of people look into the community for inspiration or they'll talk to people that they know and have friends with to help build and make their story better. We just get to do that with each other. Yep. 
like so we just turn it into a writer's room and then we'll take the story in directions that neither of us would have thought of yep uh, it takes patience yeah a lot of a lot of patience we you know we've worked together a long time so we trust each other and we know and if I do something and he doesn't agree with it, he'll why and I'll be like here's my reasons why I'm like oh okay that makes sense or yep. he'll take that and say okay well what if we do this and change this and here's my reasoning and I'll go oh you know what that makes makes sense um, and if you know if something completely that neither of us agree on then what we'll do is we'll just kind of shelf it and we'll we'll take it and we'll rework it and we'll make it fit the narrative to where it mashes for both of us and a lot of times because the players have such a huge agency in our game. Um, They'll they'll make decisions that changes the narrative for us so that we don't even have to think about it. So our ideas completely go out the window and changes to whatever their idea became. Um, we started Dragon Heist because it was fairly similar to the LARP setting. That yeah, we, yeah. It was urban, urban. It was an ur- urban oh, cool. fantasy city. Um, and I had just come off of Stream of Many Eyes, so I was like, I, I love Waterdeep. I've always loved Waterdeep. It was one of the first settings that I ever, you know, grew up reading. Yeah. And so I was like, this is amazing. It's perfect. Let, let's start with, with Dragon Heist. Um, but we're going to dissect it. Yeah, we're going to dissect it. But also because of player agency, we are 56 sessions in, going on 57, and we still haven't completed Dragon Heist. Dragon Heist. Uh, because of all of the chaos that they've put into this game. They turned it into this crazy espionage game. It's amazing. We love it. I love it. It's a it's, lot to write, though. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun, and, and it's that, that's you know a, a good example of what player agency does to the story um, and how it changes a story, um, and it's been, it's been fun. Yeah, and I, I advise all DMs out there to ask your players every week what they can add to the story. Just to just take a little weight off your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I I like it for that for that reason exactly. But as somebody who's a new dungeon master, and I, I I lack all confidence in my abilities to be a dungeon master, which is why I'm like co-DMing might be good for me, like someone to hold my hand through all this. But kind of like w- this player agency thing is actually a little intimidating to me because I don't. The thought of, of the players just doing things that I don't expect, I don't have confidence that I'm going to be able to like keep that story going if they go in a... I always tell the story about my one time so there DMing are, when I prepped in for one thing to happen and they didn't do that one thing mm-hmm. immediately. And then I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Now I'm done. <laughs> so there are so railroads. I, I don't know what to do. There are railroads uh, in a narrative. Uh, a campaign is very loosely planned out railroad and there is a beginning and an end uh the middle is where the chaos happens uh if you write something like that let the story go a little off rails and then find a way where you can take what you have written maybe change it a little bit and then put it in the new area that uh they have ventured towards in the story that way you can still steer the story a little bit while also doing all of that work and have it not go out the window. Yeah, and also talk to your players. Like the biggest, you know, could because you and them are telling a story together. Um, yeah. And so it should never be players versus DM, DM versus players. Yeah. It should always be players and DMs working together to tell a story. And so if you ever have a moment where, where you get that again, where you're telling a story and they go completely off the rails and you don't have any plan, just say, hey, Talk to them and say, you know, even after the session or, or before the session, say, hey, I'm 
this is my first time DMing. I, 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 what do you guys, and, and you'll get a list of, of ideas from them. I'm like, hey, my character really mm-hmm. wants to open a tavern. That has no, that may not have any any inclination of what is going on in your campaign, but you can take that and say, okay, well now I'm going to put a tavern idea to where they can gain that tavern or so on, and, and just kind of use those ideas to help build your story. And you can don't have to flesh everything out, but you could even have like almost like a side quest or side table of just generic ideas. That if they go a certain like a way, you can just go. I'm going to pull from this little queue of of ideas that can I can throw at them an obstacle or an encounter mm-hmm. or a means to redirect them back to the story that I want to tell. Yeah, and the uh, the queue is good because you can throw an encounter that will slow them down in that progress for that session, giving you time to plan for the next session. Um, because you you know you put a fight in there that you you know weren't really planning on having, but you can pull from your repertoire. Another thing is it's completely okay to take a break in the middle of your game to talk to your players or just think about where you want the direction to go. There was a time early on where one of our players completely did something entirely unexpected. So your left turn threw the wrench in the gears, uh, blew up the gears, um, and then <laughs> and then <laughs> walked away from the, the explosion, not looking back. It, it was super, super awesome. It was a great scene, but uh, we went to break early. Yeah, we went to break early, and then Dustin, <laughs> Dustin and I sat down, um, and we're like, okay, what happens next? And we just went straight into our writers' room and started pitching ideas back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. And he it. ended up meeting an NPC he wasn't supposed to meet for a long time. And it, it, it turned into probably one of my favorite moments in the campaign so far. And it was this epic chase scene. And it ended in in natural 20s and natural 1s story-driven mo- moments that just, like, it's a scene that sticks out in the game and, and is one of my favorite scenes of the campaign so far. And it's just, it was a, a literally a left turn and, and player agency doing something unexpected. We took a yep. short break. We came back in, hit the ground running, and it, it's but memorable. All, all of those elements where the player changed, changed direction, right? And then we were like, okay, how do we build time? We turn it into a chase. And so we made the chase happen and through rolls, it actually took a while. So that, uh, but it was such an amazing chase. And then once that chase was over, we're like, okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to go, uh, and think, and then we came back and then we elaborated more on where the story took, uh, went from there. And it was amazing. So it was taking all of the elements that we were just talking about and putting it all into one. So when you said take, we went to break early. And you went and you did your writer's room and you came back. Mm-hmm. Are we talking like on the same show? Yes. yes, yes. On oh, D4. On D4. So like the, like all that, ha- you went to break. Yep. How long was your break? We, we have a 15, 20 minute break. Um, yep. All that happened in 15, 20 minutes. Yep. yep. We, we came up with, with a little bit of ideas and just kind of were like, are you, we're going to turn it to a chase. Now the, all of the craziness that happened. Oh my happened. God when we came back and we just went with whatever, you know, we pulled up the, the chase rules and the dungeon master's guide, we, in, in urban setting. And we just went and we had the guards chasing him. We made rolls. They failed rolls. He failed rolls. They passed rolls. And it just kind of went. And the, it was, the NPC was the big decision when we went to break. We we're like, okay, so he's done this because I think we actually had the chase before we went to break. And it was when he yeah. got away. Um, we're like, okay, where does it go now? And we brought in this NPC he was supposed to meet way later on. So we had 
that NPC completely fleshed out. We knew what story we wanted, we wanted to tell with that character. And we just, because we had all of that uh, basically skeletal work already done, mm-hmm. it, it was just easy to role player. Yeah. And, and it was, it was an incredible moment. And, but yeah, it was something that happened on the fly. Um, having having little things like that, like we said, the repertoire, the things you can pull from. Yep. It's good to have mm-hmm. things that aren't happening right now that are going to happen in the future just to be easy yeah. to pull from yeah. when you need also, to. Also, know your setting. So we are in Waterdeep. We're in a city. Um, Waterdeep has a lot of lore. And Devin, one of the things that Devin mm-hmm. and I wanted to do when we came into to running D4 and running Dragon Heist was we wanted to know Waterdeep. And Waterdeep itself is a character. Um, and so they we... ruin as a whole. But yeah, we have we have a, a virtual like digital map of Faerun. I mean, of, uh, we Faerun, but of, of Waterdeep. We have um, all the guides. Pretty much every lore that has been that Ed has written, that pretty much anyone has written about Waterdeep, we implement into into the show and into D four. And so we know Waterdeep like the back of our hand. It, when you are writing a setting, know your setting. Know that yep. when he turns onto this street, he's going to encounter the butcher shop because that's on this street. And if you're, or he's going through these woods, these woods are inhabited by trolls. They take a wrong turn. Now they're in these woods. They're going to encounter trolls. Yep. Um, so it's, it's when you start world building and, and writing your campaign, think of not just the story, but think of the environment around that story, because that is also going to influence. And if they change where they're going to go and do what they're going to do, the environment itself can completely help you write something and do something uh, to help you bring it back on track. Okay. My God, you guys are truly like a dream team. <laughs> uh, like I said, it was well, very beneficial that we found each other. Yeah, so. it's yeah beneficial for all of us. <laughs> so, but all right, what would you? Who would? What should I look for in a codium? Okay. Like, should I think about the things that I'm comfortable doing? in a game and then find someone who wants to do the stuff I'm less comfortable with? Or should I try to find like a 50, 50 partnership? Like we like more like how you guys are doing it or how do you, how do I find this person? Number one rule, have fun. Yep. If you have someone that you have fun telling stories with, that's your first step. If you don't have fun or you don't mesh well, that's not the person you're going to have want to be your team. You could be great friends and they could, you could be great players but you have to have someone that tells similar story uh, stories or has similar storytelling styles. Um, it's real hard to mesh slapstick silliness with dark and serious. Yeah, it's possible. Right. It's just real hard, and sometimes you want to tell a tone, and then the yes and is, it, you know, n- lackluster because it bec- becomes a, a silly joke. Yeah, um, and, you, and so. And then patience, you know, you want to make sure that you find someone who one has patience with you and and two has, you have patience with them because you're working together. You're no longer working alone. And especially if you are a new DM and they're an experienced DM, you know, make sure that they understand that, you know, they need need to be patient and and work with you and help you out along the way. Yeah. And uh, if you do want to be 50, 50, make sure that uh, they're not taking over control um, unless you're doing the codium style where one is the narrative and one is the mechanics or you guys are yeah. taking turns through player and DMing but writing the story together. Um, another thing is no egos. Uh, you have to completely take your ego and throw it away because you have someone else that is messing with your story. And there are a couple of there are DMs out there that are very 
protective of the narrative that they want to tell. And they have a very uh, specific way they want to tell a story, which is completely fine. But those are good single DMs. Single DMs. Yeah. And so if you, you have you have to know that they're they're gonna be telling the story just as much as you. And that kind of goes into the next thing, which is very much yes and co DMing is mm-hmm. an improv show. We are very much improv actors working off each other, especially if we're getting into a scene that we don't have planned or something that we haven't thought of. You know, I start describing something and then he is, even if he's like, well, I don't know where you're going with it, but okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, and very much a yes and. Um, but even if you have to do a no, it's not a an absolute no. It is a no but. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so it's like, it's like yes and, and then, and then you take over and say no, but then this happens or something along those lines. So you're, you, you have to try and find someone who you can mesh with. Yes. Uh, trust is a huge thing uh, to go with the yes and. Um, and yes and is better than no but, but no but also works. Um, if you have a disagreement, make a note. There are many times that we make a note and we'll talk to each other either during the break or after the game. Like, hey, why was your decision this? Just like in the story, like when we're going to our writer's room and figure out, why we're disagreeing on something. Um, and then if we do disagree, we just find a way to make it work in the future. Uh, the other thing is prep and prep and plan together. Um, you know, find someone who you can bounce ideas off of. Um, one of the, the biggest things that works well with us is that we're able to prep and plan ideas together. We're not writing stories separately and then trying to merge those two stories together we're writing the same story at the same yeah. time. Uh, and speaking of, like, there will be times where we're role-playing an NPC that we've divvied up between each other. And while one person is role-playing and speaking, the other person is either writing a note or typing a note that is real-time to add in dialogue. Say, like, oh, I think you should add this to the scene because I think it would be good. Or, you know, don't, say Don't say forget this. to say this yeah. because of this aspect here um so a lot of times if you watch us you'll see one of us is talking and the other person either typing or writing something and then we'll show it to each other and or you'll see us like glance down and then we'll glance back up but continue that conversation and continue it going um but uh find a codm style that works for you i would suggest doing a one shot or even a short story together to see if you truly do mesh Mm -hmm. um because you don't want to lock yourself into a long campaign with no, yeah. no. Yep. I don't want to do that anyway. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. one shot anyway. are fun. Yep. Especially until for I know yep. so I want to find do someone this. You've, you've known for a while and you you work with on a regular It's It's obvious. You just, you and Greg have to Cody him I, now. I was going to say, are you talking about Greg? <laughs> <laughs> could be Bart, too, oh, I guess. It could I don't be Bart. Know. But I, I immediately went, I immediately went to Greg. I don't know what that's. <laughs> Bart would also work really well. <laughs> He would, and he would, he would be very patient. He would be very good. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe you know, ask Bart, say, hey, would you mind co-DMing um, a session and together? Yeah, he has offered to do that, so. Well, there you go. There you go. So, have you ever DM'd with, co-DM'd with new players? Somebody brand spanking? Well, I guess, Devin, you were kind of new to DM. No, I, I had DM'd before. before. No? I wasn't oh, okay. as, uh, you know, in the trenches as much as Dustin was. I had been a player more so, but um, we we have we haven't co-DM'd. We have helped DM from a player's standpoint. Yeah. Um new DMs before. Oh, okay. Um where we will help guide the story or when we can see that they're floundering, we would we would help 
add add little bits to the narrative here and there as a player um, or if we see uh, a dm kind of panicking because things have gone awry we'll find a way to yeah. redirect the group back into uh you know back into the story narrative that's written uh it took us years and lots of practice to be as cohesive as we are and that's not saying nobody can do it it's yeah. just that's why we are so we mesh so well. We're 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 Jaeger pilots, and yeah. D four is our giant mech. <laughs> You're the godfathers of co-damming, See, that is. Uh, I don't a know fact. about that. <laughs> so, if if you were to take a, even just say for a one shot, if you were to take a new dungeon master under under your wing for one one co-damming trip, um, like how would you handle that? How like if there are established dungeon masters out there that are like, hmm, I might want to. Mentor a, a fledgling dungeon master. What's some good tips for them? Let them see what that new DM can bring to the table. Because obviously the experienced DM knows what they're doing. They're, we're we're, we're going to hypothetically say that they are an extremely experienced and, and well-versed DM. And someone who is new to the DM table. Let them, let them guide the story. And just kind of sit back and help fill in where they can see them struggling. Um, whether it is improv off the cuff stuff whether it is rules, um, whether it is, you know, this and that. Um. Uh, also, if you are the experienced DM, take the back seat because the experienced DM will, because they have the knowledge and the experience, they may step on the new DM because the new DM is timid and uh, will kind of watch and try and learn as the other DM. So I, I say that... If I were to help, I would um, take a backseat. I would talk to what story they want to tell, and I would go into a writer's room, kind of spitball with them and give them ideas. And uh, But just like Dustin said, whenever I see them start to flounder or the players causing too much chaos uh, that they can't handle, just kind of redirect everything back in a way that makes sense. Yep. You guys, this is incredible. <sighs> I kind of feel like we're going to need to do a part two because I have just listening to you talk. I'm like, well, now I have more questions and not even <laughs> necessarily just about co-DMing, but about DMing in general, I, because we'd love to come. Absolutely. I, this is really this is amazing. And I see why people all said you've got to talk to <laughs> Dustin and Devin about uh, co-DMing. You, this is I know uh, listening to this, I'm excited to check out more of your show. I know people listening are going to want to. Where can people find you and where can they find the show? Um, you can catch uh, D4 uh, Sundays at 4 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash dnd um, right here on, on this channel. Um, and uh, I'm at Flash Fletch on Twitter. Uh, I am Devin is not here because I do not tweet. I do I do heart react and respond oh. sometimes, but I, I do not tweet. Uh, okay. And then D4 is at D4DNDRPG on, on Twitter and awesome. all the socials. Yep. Well, I hope that everybody who has not already checked out the show is going to check it out because we definitely want to see you two in action, especially knowing uh, everything that happens behind the scenes. Maybe one day you could stream a little bit of that writer's room because I'm really curious to hear how you guys come up with something. Maybe of this maybe stuff. we'll do a, a one shot. We don't. We're we're very much. We don't like to spoil any story. Oh uh, no. Um. So, but maybe, just record it. Record it and then play it out. Uh, well, maybe. We'll I would that. be very. We, we just started. We just started doing time lapses of our terrain builds, which has been a lot of fun. Um. So very cool. Um. Got those up. So, yeah. but yeah. That's awesome. Thank you guys. 
so much. And I would absolutely love to have you come back and, and pick your brain some Any, more. Anytime. Yeah. Just let Just, us know. Mm-hmm. We're happy All to right. hop on here. Thank you. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you. That was a fascinating conversation, Shelley. I'm so glad you were able to talk to Dustin and Devin about co-DMing. I know. They're, they're the legends of co-DMing. You're and sharing. I, I am inspired once again. You cracked open their brains and let their <laughs> nutritional uh, <laughs> advice flow. Ooh, I was oozing. I think it was... It was definitely more oozy than flowing. It was like a Cadbury cream egg, really. Yes, like of knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> like a gelatinous, uh, yes. yellow yellow ochre. Oh my gosh! Now every single time I'm eating a Cadbury cream egg, I'm going to think of yellow ochre, and it's going to make me feel. How often are you eating Cadbury dirtiest. cream eggs? Not because you couldn't Is that find your any. Jam? Yeah, I do like them. Uh, my kids are talking about how they used to like whack off the top and and. And then suck, suck the cream off out? The, 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 the cream out. I'm like, that's a genius. Yeah. Why didn't I ever think about that? But That's how yeah. every... How do you eat them otherwise? I, you just bite them and eat them. I don't know. I didn't no. really think too much ahead of it. Wack there's like a whole off. process? Yeah. Mm, well, like, I need you to I learn. I mean, there's me. certain foods like Oreos, Reese's peanut butter cups. Like There are ways to eat them and then there are incorrect ways to eat them. Well, I think we should do a new segment on how to eat foods... Uh, because we could do the whole like using your chopsticks to pick up Cheetos so you don't get orange marks all over exactly. your character sheet. So brilliant. When, when are we getting D&D branded chopsticks? Soon. It's a good swag idea. We'll make that happen. Yes. I want that for sure. Um, but another thing I want to make sure everyone knows before we get to our interview with B. Dave Walters is that Many of the uh, communities out there are centered around a friendly local game store in your neighborhood or the closest way that you can get it. They do wonderful work for the community as a source of where to get uh, hardcover uh, D&D books as well as uh, miniatures and accessories from our partners like uh, Ultra Pro and, and WizKids and things like that. But on top of that, they also provide a great you know, sense of community when people can get together and, and play games together. And so they are this great hub. And unfortunately, with what's happening right now, uh, many of them are hurting. They're not able to uh, make ends meet. Many of the margins involved in, in that type of business are you know, on a knife's edge in, in, in the best of times. Uh, and so we recognize that. And we really want to make sure that our uh, stores are um, getting that. And, and, and our partners at D&D Beyond also believe this. So uh, we are uh, running a promotion right now so that if you pre-order uh, um, Mystic Odysseys of Theros from your local game store or through your local game store, uh, they will be able to provide a code to you for a discount on that same content on D&D Beyond uh, for, for a 50% off. So uh, it's, it's, we're trying to incentivize people to uh, you know, support the local stores as much as they can while also getting a benefit uh, and being able to access uh, content digitally uh, when it releases on June 2nd through D&D Beyond. So um, there's more information about that from your local game store. We encourage you to reach out to them uh, and, and make this pre-order or, 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 or purchase this book when it comes out on June 2nd and you can get that code and download it and be able to access it from wherever you are. Um, it's a it's it's a great way, and we just love stores out there, and so uh, we uh, want to support them, and we want you to support them too. So make make it so they're only going to be able to uh, survive in these times with uh, this kind of uh, life's blood. So let's do it. Yes, I love that. Sweet. I'm going to buy so many things. 
from our local game shop when it reopens. Yeah. Well, m- many, I mean, not all of them do, but many of them have online portals where you can purchase stuff through the game store now. And uh, I would suggest, you know, in addition to this promotion, uh, that you you try to do so as much as you, you possibly can, uh, whether they can do deliveries or drop-offs. Mm-hmm. We know different stores are doing different things. So, you know, not only just do it when, when, when everything is back, but, you know, try to, try to do as much as you can now because it's, um, you know, they, they need that saving throw. Oh, that was really nice. Oh. Did you come I up just, with that? I just came up with that, yeah. I love it. I wasn't sure if it worked. That's why I paused. I was like, does that metaphor yes. work? I don't know. It landed. Thank you. Thank like you, Shelley. That was really Gosh, good. you are just lifting me up all That's over what we the place. Do. This is why Fridays are my favorite day. Friday, track New and talk recording Friday. day. And I Thursday, get to look at it, other faces than my family. <laughs> I'm getting sick of the faces. <laughs> We're going to join TikTok right now. <laughs> oh, uh, it's your face all right, well, again. Let's, oh. let's get on the horn with B. Dave Walters and uh, ask him all about his products coming up. And oh, how I can't you wait. can see his smiling face on, on, on many things going I mean, like, forward. I, I don't want to like put too much pressure on him. but like, I know. We're like, he smiles all the time, and he's so great, and he's motivation. He's going to be like, hey, guys, right. I'm really struggling right That's now. That's why I was like, we got to <laughs> we gotta reciprocate, you know? Totally. Like if he's feeling that way, we will, we'll lift him up yes. like we do. This is a safe space. You come here, you let all of those emotions just <laughs> just let it out, man. We will virtually hug you. And we will. And hopefully the, the D20s that we have in our hands won't hurt you as we're re-hugging you. But. The most pointy little ends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's 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 uh, let's get Dave and, and give him a hug. Hello, everyone, and welcome, B Dave, to Dragon Talk. Hey! <sighs> that was that was the dozens. There are the dozens, dozens of us of my fans. You're talking to two of them right now. We are huge fans. You know, they're really all just here for you, Shelly, as I am here for you, Shelly. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Oh I'm a great Tito God. fan. Just, wow. you know, I tried to keep, I you know, being honest uh, with yourself. having you know the, the mystique of Shelly around me, but it's, uh, it's not it's you not gotta, working. You gotta get the bangs from up here down to here. <laughs> and then, gotta, again... Yeah, do, and then like you are like in a couple weeks, Shelley. That's gonna <laughs> it's gonna happen. I don't know. Uh, before you, when we were doing our our initial banter, Greg and I were reminiscing about the first time we talked to you, and how delightful that was. It was just like pow, like you were just positive and inspiring and and just happy and Greg called you smile inducing and it was just I just remember leaving that interview like. God, I love that man. He's amazing. All right, no pressure. Cool. Then, be cool today. Be cool. Be cool. And, be cool. and then cool. we said, <laughs> and we were like, oh, good. He's going to motivate us again and inspire right. us again. And then right. we realized, oh, we shouldn't put that pressure on no, him. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. My, my, my people are calling. Oh. Like, like, the, like the, the, the symbol is showing in the sky right Bring now. Bring it. Yes. Like, uh, I'm, wah, I am prepared. Wah. I am prepared. Do it. To, to shine uh, a ray of uh, alternatively colored lights. Um, in my in, my, in, my, <laughs> in my, my beam of joy disintegration. Yes, my body's ready. I'm prepared. Excellent. All right. Nice. Yep. Well, and we are here to motivate you too because you've been doing so many things yeah. over the last few months slash years. So many things. Are you cloned? Have you been cloned? Uh, Let me just start with I that. Just, I, it, I, I perhaps have made uh, some sort of a dark pact that involves, uh, yeah, that, that involves um, time travel, but at the cost of sleep. That that was the exchange. Oh. They were like, "Hey, if, mm. if you don't 
rest you can be in a lot of places and i was like hey okay cool wait hang on what have i done and then hold on yeah right that's said that's the twilight zone monkey paw thing there yeah <laughs> yeah yep. but uh, uh i do i do have an announcement to make if you'd like me to <gasps> make do? my what? announcement now like or breaking can, news yes. breaking news yeah let's let's break yes, it drag, please. dragon talk world premiere i save this for you oh Shelley my Moon. god Shelly moo and your sidekick greg tito i wanted to be here <laughs> I don't know you about you, Tito, but I am feeling very motivated right now. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> we, we we got we got bangs. You both he can only hair. he can only take care of one of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are officially coming back for season two of Dungeons and Dragons: A Dark and Wish. So yay! Woo! Fantastic! Excellent. That's awesome, uh, and that, I'm glad that we could break that news. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm not quite sure. It shouldn't be too terribly long. We actually pre-taped a little ahead of time. So there's there's a non-zero chance that it will just be seamless uh, for for you guys watching. Uh, but it, it might be a week, maybe two weeks, maybe zero weeks. But we should be back pretty quick. But uh, yeah, no, it's awesome. uh, this is something that, uh, again, the uh, Dark and Wish was based on the comic series that um, uh, Tess Fowler and I created, uh, that Greg Tito was instrumental in making a thing. I have not forgotten that. Thank you very much, sir. Um, it, uh, I'm here for you, man. It, it, I, I, I loved your pitch about it. It was so great. And you always had the idea for it to be a, a, a transmedia property, which even though that was buzzword heavy, but it was the idea of of having a comic book series, but then also being able to dramatize it through a live stream yep. game. And I'm so glad we were you know, yep. a little bit late, but finally able to make it happen. You know, it happened when it was supposed to, man. Like, we we, we, right. we worked on it a very long time and hit every possible obstacle, but uh, it ended up working out because uh, it, originally it was the show and the, and the comic were supposed to kind of exist in parallel, like be released in parallel. Uh, the yeah. show ended up debuting the day after the last issue came out. Uh, but the, I kind of like that timing, actually. It still worked out, and uh, it, yeah. it was good because um, people kind of had the idea of, of the framework, and uh, yeah, it, it, it is mm-hmm. it, a transmedia thing, and I meant it the whole that way the whole time. Because the reason why that is the difference between transmedia and multimedia, by the way, uh, for those who may not know, is it is one continuous narrative. All of right. these things happen to these characters. It is the stream is not an adaptation of the events of the comic. The stream is an expansion on the events of the comic. So, oh, I, I actually didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I guess it would have to be mm-hmm. sort of yep. with so, D&D, the nature of the game. But uh, It has been wild. It has been wild watching it come to life. It has been wild uh, with, with the performers I've got. Uh, uh, Melee Damage playing Helene, uh, Alquin Gersh as Riande, um, D'Artagna Metaliano as Xander, Sam DeLev as Aiden, and... Uh, Aki as both Karen and Karen, both twins, which has just been incredible. And it's been really neat seeing what, one, what they've brought to the characters, but also just what Dice and Fate have brought to the characters and, like, just things that happened that just so wonderfully dovetailed with, like, where they were going as individuals. So, yeah, it's been great. Um, I'm really happy and lucky and blessed to have been able to do this at all, to to be able to uh, contribute a link to the Forgotten Realms and this game and this world and this lore that has meant so much to me. And now to be able to uh, do more of that is really, um, it's wild. It's wild. and um, It is wild. Yeah. And thank, thank I, you. I, I mean, no, well, thank, thank you for, for, for making it happen. I, I, I can certainly, you know, 
say I sent a few emails to encourage some people to do it, but you're the one who's making it, and and that's that's uh, really where it all comes from. And then all, all the uh, collaborators that you were just listing, you know, are a big part of it as well too. So thank you to them for being waiting on in the wings for so long, but then also being able to jump in when we had the opportunity. Yep. And I think that's that's super cool. And- uh, I also just love that you were doing this niche too of like high level play that we don't get to see on live streams or in comic books or any of these things too and I, you always had that yep. that dream right was to show something that is not seen very often so you did a good you job you know i heard uh less than 5% of games uh it even involve high level characters not even like yeah. get to the high level just have high level characters period so yeah that that is definitely a thing that i've i've wanted to show people that it can still be interesting um it can still be compelling uh, that that is not where the game uh ends and is it, and and i think the but i do want to say one thing before i ramble too much cuz i will ramble <laughs> Uh, good. Uh, shout out in a good way. Shout out to my homie Tess Fowler, uh, I, I, uh, my my co-creator. Uh, I won't I won't go through it all, but you know she's been going through a difficult time. She shared it all on her Twitter. Uh, support yeah. her. Send positive uh, energy her way, and even more than positive energy, send commissions her way because she's an incredibly gifted artist. So hey, Tess Fowler seven on Twitter. But uh, literally, literally, none of it would have happened without her. So shout out to my homie. Um, yeah, that visual look that she brought to the comic book as well as the characters uh, for this has been uh, just, I, don't know, I just really love seeing the trend, you know, uh, having it grow and change and shift. Oh, and yeah. all the stories that she's been telling about her experiences mm-hmm. on social media have, I mean, like all of us right now, it's ups and downs and ebbs and flows. And uh, it's been uh, really great to see some of the positive news more recently. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but 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 to to your point about the high level play, continuing with my ramble, um, (laughs) I I think the reason why I'm so comfortable with it is that I have a background in martial arts and I have uh, black belts in a couple different disciplines and I've studied in a bunch of other things. And. In the martial arts, a lot of people that don't train think when you get your black belt, like, oh, you're finished. And it's like, no, actually, you that is when you begin. <laughs> it's like you've actually mastered the basics. Now you actually learn the style. And I think to that thinking just always like very easily translated for me to D&D, that it was like, mm. you know, the high level was not the end. The high level was the beginning. So it was, uh, it, it was easy for me to just sort of like adapt to that kind of storytelling, if that makes sense. It does. It's a good analogy, actually. Mm-hmm. Really? I- so, what kind of challenge? Yeah, go ahead, Shelley. Oh, well, you're probably staying on this topic. You, I have, I have many questions. No, but- no, we can try. I was just going to say, at the end of the day, the only reason I did any of this was to uh, impress Shelley. Yeah, I just, I just wanted Shelley to be. I happy. mean, you're almost there. I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your feet on the ground and reach for the stars. You know, yeah. One day you'll reach the pedestal. You'll climb the mountaintop. It's like you're like, yeah, pretty cool. I'll take it. Take it. High praise. High praise. Yeah, it's high school all over again. I'm like, oh, I hope Shelly notices. She's like, that's not high school for me. That's not. (laughs) not We all have we all have very different high school experiences there. Yeah. Uh, but I was gonna, what I was going to ask was was like the challenges that you might face when DMing for 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 high level characters and how you overcame them and how maybe they're you know because I, I I always see people talk on the Twitter about uh, uh, trying to create you know decent challenges for for players who have so much 
weapons in their arsenal uh, as far as their abilities and stuff and how do you do that and uh, still make it fun and entertaining uh, a couple of things i think to, to, to believe believe it or not when i approach it the easiest way to uh look at these stories is if you're constructing like a good superman story and to can to have a good superman mm-hmm. story you really have to have he's he's confronted with one of two things either a enemy that is bigger than him uh, that's where you get your dark sides um you know your doomsdays uh that can hit harder than he can or present him with a problem that he cannot solve with his fists uh that is your lex luther that's brainiac that's that's something that he can't just muscle his way through um and it's the same thing with with high level play i think for me it is important that the characters get to feel powerful because it's like very disingenuous. If you're like, you can do all of this stuff, oh, but it doesn't matter, womp womp. Um, that's not that's not fun. To me, the game shifts more from what can you do to more what should you do. Um, yeah. Oh, so it becomes more of a moral yeah. gameplay, you know, argument than yeah. Exactly, because yeah. well, when you get to the point that, you, especially high-level spellcasters, it's like, you can destroy that kingdom with a spell. Like, you really can. Just summon a tidal wave, wipe it out. and But then, what are you going to do afterwards? Now you got a refugee crisis. Now you're the, Sar- you know, the Sauron to these people. Uh, you're the Dark Lord yeah, now. Yeah, you are, yeah. I, I mean, if, even if you're like, I'm invincible, if they send 10,000 people after you, you know, statistically speaking, uh, you know, what is it, 5% of them are going to roll natural 20s on those arrows like you're going to get lit up, so (laughs) maybe still pace it, you know? And there's always a bigger monster. In worst case, especially for DMs, I think at any level, when you worry about, like, well, the characters are becoming too powerful, remember, you can attack them with them, (laughs) you know? You're like, hey, here's your dark duplicate. Here's five of you. There you go. Roll initiative. What? Right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's... Like Adventures in Link style. You can be like, you gotta fight yourself. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. And like, now you're terrible because I'm merciless. <laughs> yeah. So it's... it's um, I, I think also one thing I, I, I do think is important, I think it, it helps if you can give the people some glimpse of, like, the time before they had their powers. Like, a lot of times in one-shots, they show up in their full level. But if you can if you can show them some of the life before, and also still give them something aspirational, like, uh, a lot of times, if we're doing high-level play, I, uh, I'm, I'm a little stingy on the gold and the items, not on, like, material components and stuff, but so that, like, at least when they get that magic sword, it matters. You know, that you're like, oh, yay, Staff of the Magi. Like, I'm happy. Like, I've still progressed you know so mm-hmm. still give them uh, something to adhere to but i think even though the concept of leveling getting new powers having access to new stuff is very intrinsic to, to role playing again when you look at stories like superhero stories or even thing you know star trek star wars things like that for the most part it is very rarely about getting new powers or new powers are you know it, it's a big deal when when somebody learns something new it is more about the adventure that they're taking and so i think as long as you continue to put it very much back on the narrative and not just you know i can now throw a bigger fireball you know that's uh, that's still very fun and fulfilling for the people that makes that makes total sense gosh so you've thought about this a lot yeah. Man, uh, I think I put as much time into thinking about these things as I do doing <laughs> these things. Well, because that's, but to me, it, it, my passion is storytelling. And, and this is still storytelling. All of it is. Uh, it, it seems a lot of times that um, 
when you look at all the things I do, it seems like they're just kind of like disparate and all over the place, but there really are two guiding principles of all of it. Uh, one of it is storytelling, because uh, I think it is important now more than ever, especially with so many of us in seclusion and dealing with isolation, stir craziness and all this, to be able to like take people on an adventure, uh, to feel mm-hmm. like they're participating in something. Uh, I've said before, I think the reason why we play these games, the reason why video games will never completely eradicate these games is people want to feel uh, at cause in their story. They want to feel like their actions or their inactions matter and have consequences. Um, That's not necessarily being powerful. That's not even necessarily being heroic, but that it matters what you do. Um, and I think that's important now in the time where so many people feel might feel helpless and disempowered to feel like, okay, you can do something. Um, the other yeah. thing is just reducing human suffering, which sounds bigger than I mean it to, but life is hard. Life has always been hard. Life is very hard now for some people. And if yeah. a story I can tell, something I write, a stream I do, or whatever, can just kind of take people's minds off of their problems for a little while, then... You know, that's a, I, I think that is a, a useful contribution to the human race that, that artists do. And I'm going to say this last thing and I'm going to stop rambling. I saw, I mean, I'm not going to stop rambling. I'm going to pause in the ramble. We'll, we'll just have you, you know, tilt your rambling into something yeah, that's else. That's it. No, yeah. I'm, I'm going to allow, you know, you all to talk on your show. It's a weird concept. But I, 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 no, not at all. I saw a tweet um, couple weeks ago and i'm paraphrasing but it basically said um just remember when you get done binging your favorite show for the third time and rereading your favorite book and listening to your favorite song that in the darkest time you turn to artists oh and i was like yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's uh so that's that's why i do what i do yeah that's why you're good at motivating just, and inspiring. I'm just trying to impress Shelly, y'all. <laughs> I mean, it's getting better. It's good, I think she's getting more impressed as the more you talk. On the uptick? Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, so I wonder, when you were creating, first of all, have you ever written a comic book before? So, um, yes and no. Uh, a dark, okay. a dark and Witch was the first one I got published. I've been working, okay. I've been working on a project called Electropunk for some years. Which actually, the Kickstarter is about to go live for imminently. I don't want to overhype. Oh, cool. I don't want to overhype that because uh, you know we're fighting with our deadlines. But uh, very, very soon, hopefully. Um, so I'd been working at that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my work had been fiction in in short fiction, though. Um, and I'd written a ton of TV and film scripts. And okay. comics as a medium are not so different. Especially from television, it's kind of is different yeah. from, from film, but it's not so different from television. Um, so that was what sort of helped me make that transition. Yeah, I, w- I was yeah. surprised at that. I don't think I ever really put those two in the same category, right? Mm-hmm. Like I always thought of, uh, you know, comic books were more like novels or something like that. That it was, you know, you you, you wrote it and you described what was happening and that was it. But like the, the when you see the scripts, and honestly, some of the scripts that you shared for me with me for for a Dark and Wish. Mm-hmm. Those were some of the first that I had ever seen, and I was like, "Oh, this is just like a, a TV script. Yeah. It really is." Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a visual medium. It's weird though because, in the sense, for the most part, you know, 
plus or minus 10%. The structure of TV and films are, are relatively fixed. I mean, it you know, like slight adjustments, but for the most part, they're kind of the same all over the world. Uh, for comics, there is no standard. Um, mm. I mean, legendarily, the scripts for Watchmen, for the actual comics, each 20-page book, or I think they were 22-page, the scripts were over 100 pages, which is insane, oh. by the way. But uh, Alan Moore went into such minute detail that it's like on the desk. There are four cups. There is a clock. The clock's at 322. Mm. 322's in Roman numerals, wow. you know? And he and Dave Gibbons, you know, w- went through that. Um in in a uh, film, a film is a blueprint. You actually want to say the least possible because it has got to get filtered through the director and then through the set people and then through the cast and, and costume all designers. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and and you want it just enough to get what you're trying to get across. In a comic script, uh, I had a fantastic relationship with Tess, so it was very collaborative. And I, I very much was trying to defer to her visual sense Um which yeah. <laughs> she would get mad at me because she would write these huge scenes with all these characters. And she's like, there's too many characters in it. And I'm like, hey, man, I wrote Goblins Attack. You chose to draw 39 goblins. That wasn't on me. <laughs> that was on you. But, uh, but for the most part in a comic, you, you have to include what you intend to be on the page has to be in the script. Uh, if it's not on the page, it is not going to happen. Um, yeah. But then at the other end of the spectrum, a novel is such that depending how you want to write it, um, you're creating the whole world. But you can do things like if I say right now, she was the most beautiful woman you'd ever seen. All three of us see a different image, but it lands the same point. The moment right. the moment that you're like uh, she was five, five and brunette and built like a gymnast, you know. I mean, oh, so Shelly. Yeah, I mean, hashtag. I'm five, five and three quarters. It's, it's, you know, what's, oh, you know, it's funny. Hand to God, I really didn't know that, but there you go. That's that. That <laughs> I, I created on my insight check. There, it's, I've met you in person many times, but everybody pass here, it's like a haze. Like I, I have heels I, on sometimes. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, if you become more specific, you start to actually take that away because what if that's not their jam? You know. Um, so that's the the real difference in the mediums is the amount of detail that you include in them, um, mm. and then yeah. So, so are you when you're writing the comic script? Are you you're also saying is it up to to test to determine like what she wants to draw for that, or are you saying? Well, like I'll, this is I'll, what should be in the the panel. I'll give you an example. Like the first panel, first page of the comic, um, I wanted to start on an action sequence. So it is an, an enemy army is attacking the beach, and you very much see it from the point of view of the enemy army. And okay. I wrote it. Um, I don't have it exactly in front of me, but it very much was like, uh, you know, a, a full, you know naval force is attacking the army and they are storming the beach and it is uh, comprised of all manner of creatures there's humans dwarves gnomes orcs it is a monstrous fighting force you know what i mean and like that was basically it and you know up on the hill you can see the fortress uh as they're approaching and she took that and made it into exactly what you see because i just knew i wanted to hit the points of lots of different things are here 
um, you know, it, so you're leaving it up to her to specifically compose the image so that it got a, across exactly. what you were doing because that might not be, you know, your forte is not necessarily composition. It's just like here, here's the things yeah. that I need to tell the story. Well, it, it it is one obviously she she is the master of the composition, and the visuals, but also it's it's since I am not an artist, I don't necessarily know um, what's involved from a difficulty standpoint of what I'm asking for. You know, um, in the sense that if I'm like sure draw 12 of them how hard can that be uh the answer might be not difficult at all or you've you know this is gonna be a day and a half um and in my style i try to pack so much action into each frame that a lot of times you have to just like home in on the one thing that is really going to get it across so i i just expressed my intention for the story and you know she basically through her artistic techno wizardry like made that a visual story if that makes sense um mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh it, well one of the things that i asked right at the beginning of this project I, I think i shared this with you last time i was on is uh once i knew we were going to do it i was just like what do you want to draw you know like what would yeah. be the dopest thing for you and i will make sure that those scenes hit like the bizarre scene in the first issue when helene is sort of they're all mary tyler moore happy and there's just this huge sweeping thing uh and that's the scene that tess and her husband are in in that shot because she's like i love fantasy bazaars and i was like oh, that's so cool, cool. Really, yeah <laughs> can do you know so yeah Well, we're excited that there's a a second season of A Dark and Wish coming. Uh, I can't wait to uh, see the continuation of that story and and get people more into it. And and, and hopefully, you know, we'll see some more comic books pages with that amount of of detail in it because I think it's fantastic. It's a celebration. Um, Yeah. I like it. Dance it it up. Dance it up. TikTok. But I I really want to know more about The Slumbering Forest. Uh, oh, this is yeah. a new stream that you're coming up with. Or is that true? Is that, that's, it's re- relatively new, right? To have a, a role in the family uh, as a channel and it be a, a family-friendly stream? So uh, episode one, as of now, um, was yesterday. Oh, we, nice. Yeah, we, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. No, it, we had 10,000 people watching, which is insane. What? Yeah, it's insane. Uh, that is insane. It all happened, wow. it all happened uh, fairly quickly. Uh, Adam Bradford from D&D Beyond um, hit me up really just like maybe two weeks ago uh, saying that they wanted to do this this family-oriented thing. And originally he's like, would, would one of your girls want to play? And I was like, yes. However, if it's not both of them, there will be riots and chaos. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he knew he was going to bring his son. Uh, he'd already tapped uh, Kelly Knox. Uh, I think by then Brennan had already agreed to run it, and the whole thing happened pretty quickly. Um, I have played with my girls before. Uh, the, my youngest is the one that is the most into it. Um, mm. But it's funny because my oldest, is, her friends are really into it. Um, and, you know, she has been interested in playing. And it's funny because, like, when, when we were leading into the prep and I ran some games for them, uh, my oldest was like, well, my friend thinks he know he's better at D&D than I am. I'm like, yeah, he is. <laughs> and she's like, well, but he thinks he's so much better because he plays and I don't. I'm like, yeah, but that's true, though. <laughs> well, that's kind of how you get better. Yeah, I'm like, no, he, like, does the thing. You do not do that thing. So by definition, no, he is better at that <laughs> thing. Yeah, but, uh, but hey, you can get there. So... Uh, I mean, and we were laughing about it yesterday, talking with uh, Adam and Kelly and Brennan, uh, that it's like, 
imagine your first campaign ever is a live stream and you're playing with no, pros and I like, right. all these people watching. But it, it, it was so great seeing, and I got exactly what I was hoping for out of it. Just seeing like their eyes light up when they like, you know, when they're afraid or like when they accomplish something. Uh, like we're we're fighting the big monster at the end, and uh, Kelly's daughter Maddie landed the killing blow, and she goes, "Yay, I did it!" And I'm like, "That." that that's so sweet (laughs) i'm like keep that forever (laughs) put put that in your heart box child hold on to that that's (laughs) how it starts you'll be be forever chasing how you feel right Mm -hmm. now every single D &D game going forward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how old are your girls uh they are nine and twelve uh kaylin is nine who is playing playing trinity the wood elf ranger and uh, lexi is 12 playing demora the tiefling paladin and uh nice yeah it's, did you help with their characters, or how did they come up with those? Uh, what I did initially was we took some surveys, like the like what class are you, what race are you. We took took some different ones just to kind of give them an mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, cool. Uh, my older, my uh, Kaylin, my youngest, always comes down on what elf ranger for whatever reason. <laughs> wow. That's just super her jam. I'm like, oh, okay, it's meant to be. Yeah, and um, I, I, I can I can relate. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's super fun. What, once elves elves are the bomb. Yeah, yeah. What, once once we had that uh, concept, then I sort of helped them with the with the specifics. And it's funny because I'm going down the list, and and they make me so proud. By the way. That uh, I'm going down the list of like, so I'm like, Lexi, okay, so you could be a paladin, you could be a healer, you could be somebody that's like very forgiving and redeeming people, uh, you could be punishing the guilty and getting revenge. She's like, revenge. I'm like, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> you know, oath of vengeance. And then like, oh man, and I'm like, Kaylin, you could, uh, you know, you could have an animal friend because she's like huge in animals, you know. I'm like, you could be like a servant of the forest or you could be like a, sneaky ganker person that just like tracks people down and like jumps them she's like ganker i'm like good uh, my people taught you <laughs> paternity <laughs> test passed you know um, <laughs> even, even when we when we did our session zero and brennan's like asking the girls so this is whole homebrew world's very fairy tale very family friendly um and he's asking like where do you want to be from and lexi's like can i be from the underworld and i'm literally like Wow. Yeah, you can. Which, like, like, like the Underdark or like the criminal underworld? You know, I think she's like dealer's choice. You tell me, you know, like, <laughs> she's like from, you know, another place, you know. So it's a, it's been really neat in, 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 in parents, by the way, if you haven't done this, like, uh, Harry Potter sorting head quizzes, these kind of personality quizzes, like sit with them and like ask them the questions because sometimes mm-hmm. their answers might surprise you. <laughs> that I was like, yo, that's what you value? Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, that that's from? been uh, uh, my daughter Edna's favorite part of the Young Adventurers Guide series mm-hmm. uh, that, that Jim Zeb has been doing is that those, they have those flow charts of like, what, you know, what class are you? What race are you? Type of things. And yeah, they respond to that. So much. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't necessarily use that as their choice for, for what character they want to play because I think they have a idealized version uh, that is very, very different. And my, my daughter is very similar in that she always wants to do the, the druids and being friends with uh, animals. And uh, we've been playing the Essentials Kit uh, kind of playthrough uh, during this time. And um, she got to level two and is able to wild shape. Uh, as a druid, and it's just opened up all these possibilities mm-hmm. of oh, I can be this animal, I can be this animal. Uh, so I love that uh, that you guys are doing that and having that same 
kind of experience and sharing it. I like that's that's so fun. It's I, I think again now what what the and in, in, in the the show it's six parts. It's in support of direct relief, uh, the charity. Um, but I think the the idea was again, you know, people are home, families are home, and um, yep. a lot of people are turning to D and D. Yay. Uh, but we just wanted to show that it's like, no, this is something your whole family can do and enjoy um, and, and still be something uh, that, that you can bond and connect with. Because every single one of us have those moments and games you will never forget when something crazy happened. And, you know, there's a real chance that Maddie is never going to forget the fact that she brought down the monster in the in the first episode, yeah. you know, and, and those... Uh, I think that's that that's that's great, you know. I, I think I think we all need to like stockpile as many happy memories <laughs> yeah. as we can, you know. So well, and what's cool about what you're doing too is that it's not just you know a, a memory that's going to be locked into who is around the table. Mm-hmm. Like that's a collective memory. God, which I didn't even really think about, but how much of our world is now online with you know what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be shared forever. Mm-hmm. Well, until our servers die and and you know the. Asteroid. She can show but, her kids one day. Yep. It'll yeah, be like, but like that's the whole thing. Is like we're we're cre- and, and <laughs> I mean, my first moment of doing that in D and D is lost to time. No one knows that first moment, but here it was. It was captured. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just like uh, it was in a, a Super Eight. You know, yep. at that at the time, and so that's that's really special. Yep, no, they they got yeah. to hit the hole in one on the camera, and I, I think also we're already getting messages from people being like, "My kids want to play now." You know, well, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I want to watch this with my son because I think it would be really cool for him to not just see people playing D and D, but to see kids playing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and shout out to Jim's up with those books, those young adventurers books oh, are, we are, love those. are really fantastic. Yeah, how's your son? Yeah, Sorry. six and a half. Yeah, no, he that's it, it's it's never too early to start setting the hook. I will Mm-mm. I will say and and obviously I think all of us know this, but for people that are thinking about uh doing stuff with your kids, it's just just let them have fun. And like it's fine if they don't get the classes, if they don't get the rules, you're just yeah. like hand them you're like roll this. Oh, you did it. What? And they're like what? And you know, it's just have a good time. <laughs> yeah. I I yeah. love that philosophy. Yeah. Is it weird for you to play with them? Like, do you feel like this paternal instinct? Like, I want to protect you. Don't actually, but you have to let them go find their own adventures. It was a little difficult not to side seat drive at times. Yeah. Uh, one of the it's so much so one of the things one of the conceits I came up for my character Hatch. I'm playing a turtle. Uh, I'm oh, playing <laughs> um, a life cleric. Because I was like, I don't think any of them are thinking about healing. So somebody's going to have to make sure they, like, survive. So let me take that on. And uh, the the core conceit I came up with for myself is he only speaks in three-word increments. uh, Because I wanted to make sure I wasn't taking up all the oxygen and, oh, and telling everyone and being all the tactician and everything. Sort of letting them Mm. do their thing. Um, and the only time I would speak up is like if they had uh, situational mechanics, like again, you know, with a gloom stalker, there's, there's things they can do in the first round, but only in the first round. So be like, you know, Kaylin, remember you can do this, this and this, you know, cause, uh, after, and then, you know, after this, you won't be able to, uh, but Brennan was fantastic about that too. Like, uh, uh Lexi's playing a paladin. She attacked, he reminded her she could smite if she wanted to, you know, um, 
and he's great. He he told a, a very sweeping, very fairy tale story, which is uh, cool. which has been fantastic. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for for the most part, I'm I'm fine with um, uh, you know letting letting them do what they do. I mean, the only thing I, I said to them is, and again, we ran some sessions. I established some mechanics, but leading up to it, I just kept telling them, I'm like, hey, just have a good time. Just have a good time. You know, if you have a question, ask your questions, have a good time. As long as you're having fun, you're doing it right. You know, so and I, I say that to all of you out there. As long as you're having fun, you're doing it right. So, Right. Yeah. Well, and I like what you said kind of earlier on. And it's, it's something that you then were able to provide for for your kids and everybody watching was like, you know, everybody wants some measure of uh, control over their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And right now what's happening, we have uh, less control than we than we do because of being able to try to stay safe. And I think what Dungeons and Dragons is able to provide is a little bit of that freedom back. Right. You can do a little bit anything you want to do. And maybe it is not necessarily the best right choice, but you, 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 you can take risks that you aren't able but to you take. You have a choice. You have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you can also do some good. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You can you can't really do too much unless you're a. You know, uh, being able to research a vaccine right now, there's not much that you can really do uh, uh, to, to kind of, you know, help the greater good. But in D&D, you know, the whole conceit is that you're going on quests, you're helping people, you're, you're, you're making the world a better place, unless you're playing, you know. I mean, yes. The, like, like the characters that you guys are creating. Right. Yes. It, <laughs> in, 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 but, you know. In, <laughs> and it is true, you know, the, the real heroes are, are in hospitals and labs right now. But I would submit that, you know, what you guys are doing, even with Dragon Talk, with, with the content, with putting everything out there, with giving people something to look forward to, is to the greater good. I mean, that you guys right now are, are literally providing a vital human uh, service, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, emo- <laughs> emotional uh, and, and fulfillment and, you know, the, all of those things are very important and, and being able to even just tune in and feel like they're hanging out with you guys to have a, a slice of uh, normalcy in the midst of all of this insanity is is huge and significant so you you all have contributed to the the spread of a lot of joy in this world and being someone who's been on the receiving end of it uh, i very much thank you both uh for everything that you do jeez he did it he he lifted us up The motivation is happening. Now we're in tears. It's, it's easy. It's easy. Wow. It's easy when it's true. Yeah. No. Really. Thank oh, you. Man. You, you, oh. you guys are out here doing the Lord's work, and we all appreciate it. Well, what about all the work you're doing? You're doing a lot of no, charity work no, now too. I'm, I'm, I'm in service of the dark powers. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. That counts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I, well, I, I just, I, it's just, I'm, I'm, you know that. On the one hand, I feel incredibly, incredibly lucky because all of this was improbable. But, you know, you always heard that quote. It's like the harder I work, the luckier I get. I, um, I, I've shared with you, I've shared with you, Greg, many times that the day, the day I set foot in Geek and Sundry, I knew exactly what I was trying to accomplish. I was like, it's like a vampire. You have invited me in. It is too late. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, you can't get rid of me now. Um, it's just, I, I think the the fact that I, I, charity was always important to me. Uh, I, I, I do a lot of work now with uh, Games for Love. 
which is a, a kindness-oriented 501c3 charity aimed at easing the suffering of children and increasing their quality of care. Uh, that is more of a wow. video game oriented thing, but it's a, it's it's they raise money for um, children that are already sick, um, especially now. Uh, even though theoretically the coronavirus doesn't impact kids as much when they have underlying health conditions a lot of times the kids are very heavy quarantine and so that can be difficult for them to deal with and the loneliness of not even being able to see their parents and stuff so we raise money to buy them game systems and things so they still have some sense of of connectedness um but pretty much anything charitable if somebody asks me if i'm physically capable i do it Uh, i i did uh lost odyssey um, I do stuff with uh, Games for awesome. Love. Uh, I'm doing a, a Jasper's Game Day uh, coming up. Um, y- you know, if 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 I just love doing this stuff, and if the idea of like me playing a game is gonna like materially like materially help someone, I'm like, yeah, of course, yeah, sign me up. So. It's a one thing that I'm always consistently amazed about is the generosity of this community, though. That's true. I agree. Yeah, the 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 gaming community uh, in general and the TTRPG community in specific uh, really rallies and comes together um, for good causes, um, which uh, I I appreciate. Um, Me too. Yeah, and I think you know I I know you definitely want some. So t- times that were really busy and times that were less busy for you too, and I and I'm really really gratified to see that your uh, you know positivity kind of continued to push you forward even when you might not have been feeling positive uh, about about the world or, or or life and what was you know rolling a couple of you know D ones over time you know you realize hey you're gonna eventually start rolling twenties again and and uh, I think you were always pushing and always ready to do more and i think that ability to say yes and and uh create those opportunities um was was super huge and so even just you being a a who you are is inspiring people around and i think that's great you know you make me cry Rick, you know? <laughs> see i knew what i wanted that's to motivate true. back i wanted to finally we made somebody cry on dragon talk <laughs> we're barbara walters <laughs> made someone cry happy tears this time you know it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's the <laughs> like watch someone's soul die that's happened lots of times <laughs> uh yeah you know i i think really really what it comes down to is at the end of the day um you just have to ask yourself, you know, who are you and what do you want? You know, because I would submit that uh, to paraphrase the quote, you know, deep in the center of your being, you know who you are and you know what you want. And and, the, and even when it might seem confusing, uh, the confusion is not you. The confusion is your environment and the thing around you and the people you know and society's expectations. But there's always that little voice inside of you that just like tugs you in this gen- in this kind of direction. It's the voice that's like, "Hey, you know, you could become a streamer." And then you're like, "Oh, but I can't stream, and I'm too shy, and nobody will watch me, and no one cares, and I don't have any friends, and I won't make money, and people laugh at me, and blah 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 blah." You know, ignore all that. It's that little voice that's like, "Yeah, but you could be a streamer." You know, uh, we're all living proof. The three of us are living proof. Uh, all over Twitter is living proof of the fact that it can be done. Yeah. And uh, whatever your jam is, it might not be streaming, it might be music, it might be art, it might be storytelling. Because one of the things I've really kind of been trying to say to people, because I don't mean to be too insensitive, because I realize this is a crushingly difficult time for some people right now. And it really is. But, yeah. but 
for a lot of us, it's kind of a little bit of a vacation. And for a lot of us, the time will come soon that we will look back and miss the simplicity of this time. So I would challenge you, you know, ask yourself, what what progress can you make during this time? Can you, uh, you know, exercise more? Can you take an online tutorial? Can you watch some YouTube videos to learn how to do a thing while you don't have four hours of commuting every day? Uh, to take this time to try and elevate yourself somehow. Um, in, in, in hopefully in the process of elevate somebody else, because I mean, the, the, the days are passing never to return. And we all, there's only one thing the entire human race is equal in, and that is time. We've all got 168 hours in a week. And right now at this exact second, we all kind of have a couple more liquid hours, (laughs) you know, and it's not going to stay this way. So, you know, write that book, man, do that thing. Take that class. By liquid hours. Do you mean like? The hours, like when you, because we're starting to drink earlier in the day. Hundred like percent. I'm, I'm not even going to yeah. ask what's in that mug <laughs> if you don't ask me what I what I filled in this can. You know, again, <laughs> I, I reject happy hour and all in pants and all the other lies of the before times. <laughs> yeah. No more I buttons will, on my pants. <laughs> nope. I mean, I, I will follow. But there's definitely people who are inspiring and doing things right now, and it's really, really great. <clears throat> I've been loving to see the music uh, mm-hmm. personally. Just, you know, my, my wife is a, a singer who's never really had any uh, desire to take videos of herself mm-hmm. and, 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 and post them. And she's doing that now and it's, she's getting that, that kind of lift uh, from things. Um, but there's also people who, are, like you said, it's a really hard time right yeah. now. And I think it's also, because what, what you said I think is, could also be guilt-inducing too. And I started to feel a little bit myself where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing the, the extra thing that you, at this time also. And so it, I, I also just wanted to say like, it's okay just to play some games yeah. and relax and survive uh, yeah. during this time too. Because it, it, I, with all this going on, you do, having that extra professional pressure can also feel uh, uh, stifling, uh, too. Sure. So it's- well, I, I would submit that it doesn't have to be, one, it doesn't have to be professional. It can just be for you. But two, this is right. absolutely uncharted territory in human history. This has yeah. never happened to us as a species. So however you feel and however you're coping is innately valid. And no one can tell Agreed. you it's not because literally no one knows. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Hey, here we are. We are in uncharted territory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's uh, So let's have an adventure. Exactly. That's all we're saying. That's uh, Let's do that adventure. Table set yes. up right right behind you there, you know? That's uh, I know, right? Uh, Who wants to do some rage of demons and embrace some darkness? Uh, yes. Fight the darkness. Yeah. No, it's uh it's it's uh it is definitely an interesting time. I I think we are going to look back on this and we are going to have learned a lot about who we are as people and who we are as a society. And uh, I think overall, overall, so far, um, I think we're, we're dealing with it well. I think the majority of people are being responsible. Uh, again, I would encourage you, you know, take care of yourself, take care of, of others, you know, do whatever you got to do to protect yourself, both your actual physical health, but again, your mental and emotional health. This is rough, man. It's rough. I mean, yeah, eat, right? you, when you talk about... Um, uh, one thing that has always struck me is unique because I've gone on record many times saying I believe human beings are innately good. Um, there's some deeply twisted, messed up people that exist. That is true. But, you know, your average person is good. And what is it, it, always interesting to me, the worst punishment that we can inflict on the worst human beings is solitary confinement. 
the worst thing you can do to a person is be by yourself. Even when you're like in, in surrounded by terrible people, not being around them is our worst punishment. So uh, if, to Greg's point, this is a, a time that you are feeling stretched and taxed and, and, and it's difficult, is fine. Um, but you are not alone in it at all. You're not. Yeah. We're, we're all together. We, we are connected even while we are apart. So it'll, and we embrace mm-hmm. you literally. Well, no, From we don't afar. embrace you at all because you're like six no, feet. Six we feet. don't do no. that. Air high five. Metaphorically embrace. Air high five. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, air, air, air chest bump. There you go. Right. That's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, our Dungeons and Dragons will touch. There it is. There it is. That's that is <laughs> that is connected. that is a different series. Greg Tino. Oh, right. behind the paywall. It's, it's family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I'm impressed. Ah, that- woo! <laughs> I made it. Like, I'm out. <laughs> I feel like it's a still. We should all be like jumping in the air and be like, hey, we did yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, uh, Dave. You definitely did everything that we had imagined of and being laughing inspiring, and crying. Even in this environment, the you're streak. still the most positive person I've ever met. The streak is alive. Yeah. You're doing Love it. it. You're doing it. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, Just keep- and everybody, I mean, like I said, you've got so many different uh, live streams and projects and things you're doing. So mm-hmm. where's the best way to collate that and let people know, like, when you're being a vampire, when are you being a ranger, <laughs> when are you being a monk? When are you family uh, friendly? All these things. Y'all, uh, like, legit, after this, I'm immediately going into prep for a vampire stream tonight. Uh, if you come to my Twitter, at Dave Walters, the header is my schedule. So, um Oh, cool. And here's the crazy thing. That schedule, as packed as that schedule is, is roughly half of what I actually do in a week. I run games on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Walters. If you want to play D&D, Vampire, Battle Lords, you know, you can come play with me. Um, also, uh, Battle Toads? You want to do Battle Toads? You, uh, first of all, first of all, I love Battle Toads. And that level with the skiff is still one of the hardest things uh, ever. Dude, I... St- Never. Yeah. I, I've probably put at least 30 hours into trying to beat that level, and I cannot do I can't it. beat that level. I also never beat Mike Tyson. Those are, those are two of my, oh. two, the two, two L's on my record as, as a child of Not the 80s. Mr. Fantastic or whatever he's called in the, the reissue? Yep. Nope. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, nope. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but we will try, and I will support you to make that happen. You know, that, uh, on Patreon. That, is, that is content the the internet is is paying to see. And uh, again, I, I would <laughs> say so. Yes, at B Dave Walters, follow me on Twitter. But I would say more than anything, uh, you are fantastic, and you are great, and you are wonderful, and you are innately valid, and you're doing everything right. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're fine. We're all oh, gonna good. look back on this and laugh one day. Yeah. And when we're <laughs> when we're drinking at like two, because like. Why not? Because we're used to that. Yeah. Because Why that's not? one one thing I'm just not going to give no, up. No, none of us are. That, no. well, that's the thing. No. We I know we're trying to wind <laughs> this up, but I'm like, a lot of jobs and things and social norms are going to change. Because like, this is all going to oh, yeah. end, and people going to be like, well, come back to the office. And it's like, mm, for what? No. Oh, why? I mean, it's kind of we, nice. Yeah. We have, Shelly and I were talking earlier. We don't. We have a bridge problem. We can't even get to we where we want to go anywhere, because anyway. we're like landlocked. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we're, we're here in a long haul. <laughs> I saw this kind of funny meme that was like, when this is all over, can we not tell some people? <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw this yeah, other th- nice. I, I saw this thing where like uh you know we're joking about like rejecting pants but it's like Walmart the sales of tops skyrocketed but not the bottom like, everybody's <laughs> rocking pajama pants man and, and, and you know when when it's going back and sitting in rush hour traffic and all that it's like mm, mm-hmm. are you sure <laughs> yeah it's gonna be weird yeah. I mean I actually really like being home yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm kind of a homebody anyway yeah. 
lot. I'm gonna miss like having the option yeah. to go somewhere, but I'm like, for the most part, like I can just go all day putzing around my house and just being well, like, your house is like clearly dope. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna see a lot of flex schedules. I myself am. am I know this is gonna come as a complete shock to the two of you, but I'm a little bit of an extrovert. Um, oh yeah, and, uh, I like. I don't. I don't get that. Vibe I know from it's weird. You. It's very, very understated. Very subtle. I know, uh, but I think even just connecting to people via the streams, connecting via Patreon. You know, I'm yeah. still interacting with humans, and that kind of keeps me fulfilled. You know, but um, yeah, yeah, no, just uh, hey, just uh, keep your heads up, y'all. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it as a people. Yeah. So well, you're doing you're doing great work, uh, yep. and you're inspiring us. You're inspiring everybody who's hearing this and watching this right now. So. Keep it up, Thank and uh, we'll have you on again soon. Whenever we need that, pick me up. Anytime, anytime. So you know, well, next week, you free next th- th- week. That's it. Next <laughs> week, so, yeah. like, so we're taping the next episode now. Can we just do a now. new segment with with B Dave? That's just you know I, inspiration I would, with B Dave. I want him just to it. say like you're dope. You got I this. I, 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 yes. just, uh, I will I just it, it'll be a, a, a minute long pep talk every week. Like that's what we I'll need. I'll go full Shia LaBeouf. Don't do it. <laughs> I I still don't know what the pointing at his hand like he had it (laughs) but I'm like yeah but yeah 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 oh my gosh anytime whatever you I'll pay for that content (laughs) yeah thank you thank you Greg thank you Shelly thank you guys for watching thank you thank you Dave you're the best you really are that was such a great conversation uh, right so good so so good uplifted i feel like i just feel good i just yeah. feel good i just love i love our community i love D. I love everything so much oh my gosh i think my family just came home uh-oh already guys. well good let's go talk to them bring my bring oh microphone. yes i haven't talked to them in 45 minutes <laughs> you're like hey this is my only time not to do that yes but uh yeah you'll probably you'll probably see quinn yeah i know he'll pop in yeah because he's a good guy He's yeah. a good guy. I want to see. I want to see what he's doing. Yeah. Cool. Um, speaking of good people to follow, I think you should all follow Shelly Mazanoble on the Twitter. She's at Shelly Moo. And I think that you should also follow Greg Tito, who's at Greg Tito on Twitter, and Greg underscore Tito on the Instagram. Yes, I've been posting lots of pictures of uh, my family. So you know, if you want to get in on that, make it so. Uh, we also do tons of D and D stuff on there too, but. Uh, that is awesome. And you should, if you're finding out more about how to play Dungeons and Dragons during uh, this crisis, but also, you know, just in general, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons website is the best place to do it. Uh, go to dnd.wizards.com or just dungeonsanddragons.com. The front page right now has the uh, stay at home, play at home page front and center. So you'll get all of the resources uh, that are for free right now. And again, a lot of those are on time limits. So you might want to. Make sure and get there soon and uh, download whatever you can uh, and start playing with it and let us know how it is, go- it is going. I think uh, I made a few entreaties on this on uh, previous Dragon Talks as well as on D&D News, but you know, tell your stories of, of how you're playing and making it happen uh, in, uh, while, while everyone's at, uh, staying at home. Uh, Dragon Plus is also an amazing resource for you that is downloadable on your iOS device or Android device and accessible on the web at uh, where is it? DragonMag.com. Dragonmag.com. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Shelly, you know how to do this. You should just be doing all of these things. Uh, what else? What else? Where else can we sh- send people? I what mean, I feel like you're covering it. All right. 
Yeah, Dragon Mag is a great place because that's kind of an aggregator of everything as well in between the the new issues that come out um, and DungeonsAndDragons.com because we've got a lot of content there. So much content. All right, Uh, Drunky Two Shoes. Yes. During our last uh, little sign-off, you saw a figure in a cloak and a glint of metal underneath it. You decided to pounce on right. this person, but That's your right. initiative roll was a one. Uh, so the figure is casually pulling out a sword and about to stab you. Uh, and as you do so, you get the sense that uh, the uh, cloak is, is, is open and you're able to kind of see who it is oh. uh, who is about to stab you. Uh, and it oh, is... No. Don't. Daryl, or at least appears to look like Daryl Two-Shoes. Uh, and you get this moment of like, <gasps> and then the sword uh, flings out, and I roll the 19. You take damage. What do you have to say okay. about that? Um, what the hell? Daryl? Am I sure that it's him, or is it like a mirage or a shapeshifter, or how do I know? But what? ow, by the way, I just took, how much damage am I taking? Uh, you will take, uh, uh, nine damage. And we will pick up with all of those questions next time. Great. Thankful. I'm going to write that down, that you have completely betrayed me. <laughs> once, once again. <laughs> it's a story. Who knows who it is? We mm-hmm. shall see. Okay. Next time on... I'm telling Mom! Talk. Mom.